Folks, welcome to the Sidelines Podmas episode, our special rapid fire Christmas episodes. We're getting straight into it. I'm here with my mans. It's AP over here, Cordo. And joining us from the worldwide interwebs, our worldwide <laughs> correspondent. I'm just rest of the world. Jonah coming in. Yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I, got a, I got a foot on each continent. Don't worry about it. Boys, boys, we are all positive souls, so I don't need to ask how we're all doing. I don't need a recap. We're all doing well, despite COVID still lurking. AP's got a sidelines hat on. They're available on the shop. Get in there now. Let's get straight into it. Episode one is the thing everybody wants, Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. AP. Yes. So here Tell we us. are. There is nothing that sets apart Christmas and a Christmas movie. So today we're going to settle some debates and have a quick yep. chat about pinnacle Christmas movies. So I thought we'd start off the time with, off the bat, there's two types of Christmas movie watchers. There's a person who December 1st, 12.01 a.m. is peaking. <laughs> They're firing. It's bang. Let's get this shit on every night for the next 24 days and including Christmas Day they're just watching everything that there is. They've got a list. They're ticking it off. Uh, then there's the other person who just reluctantly waltzes in on Christmas Eve and says, what are we going to watch this shit for? I was going to watch CSI New York, but the one not with the good guys, that's what I was feeling. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the other pe- yeah, type type one is we're we're just gonna call them advent calendar. Like where you gotta pop one open each day. We're knocking it off. We're gonna watch every single one. Doesn't matter how obscure. It's Christmas. We're watching that film. Number two, I've got no name for that person other than CSI watcher number five. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who can be persuaded if the CSI episode is a Christmas episode where Santa gets poisoned somehow by a child that sits on his lap and they got to figure out who what when where why but it's like csi hawaii like there's like some really weird kind of cross things happening so like the whole time they're just like making jokes about they made it really hot on christmas yeah but then you know but then you also know that at one point horatio has gone well i guess nobody said ho 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 Yeah, I guess someone decided to bring Santa not coal, but anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, before we digress too much onto the uh, the cult icon that is CSI, <laughs> I'm going to reel off some peak, uh, what I would call the peak pinnacle Christmas movies. Yeah. So I think there's an early doors favorite, which I think in the whole scheme of things is probably what I would say the last great one which would be Elf, which sort of came out of nowhere. Like it, from my recollection, it was sort of the Christmas movies are really hammed up in the late 80s, early 90s. Then there's a bit of a dull patch. They went real jokey, real kitty, And then there's a big gap. And then Elf just came out and just blew everything apart. Well, yeah. It's weird to think about it as like a modern classic because now we're old and that movie is certifiably like old by a lot of standards, but as far as I'm concerned, there hasn't been one made since. Like I couldn't even really tell you about a Christmas movie made in the last 10 years. I've got no idea. And that's proper Christmas cheer. That's like over, like that's the (laughs) love and Christmas. At its peak, Will Ferrell, where he manages to work in like old school uncut style Will Ferrell into a kid's Christmas movie. It's So you know the SNL skit where he's born as a grown man? (laughs) <laughs> like, where he's just been like gestating for 30 or 40 years and just yeah. pops out full beard that's kind of like what this is but christmas <laughs> essentially yeah 
And you know it's got Christmas spirit because even the simple scene where he's like the workshop tester for the Jack in the Box toys <laughs> and just the angst as he opens them. It's so simple. And yeah, I piss myself every time. And I sit there on the edge of my seat going, Oh God, when's it going to open? I'm a sucker for, I'm a sucker for just like stuff ain't the right size gags. Like anything where he's just like way too big for the elf world environment, even though it's complete lowbrow, it, it is kitty as hell. It makes me laugh every single time. Every time. Yeah. Now, do you watch it? That's the question. That that is my question. If are you selecting it? You've get you get a few choices over the what you're watching over the Christmas period. Are you? Let's just assume that if it's on and someone else has put it on the TV, you are sitting down, you're watching it. But are yeah. you selecting it in your mythical lineup? I am. I watch it almost every Christmas. Yeah, I'd say May- maybe if it- if it's on TV and I'm getting broken up by commercials, maybe I don't make it through the whole thing, but I'm at least watching part of it. Absolutely. There's too many, yeah, there's too many if good on, things about it. If it's on TV, I'm watching it, but I'm getting sick of the ads. I'm not, I'm not seeking it out. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's been on Stan, which is Jonah and like weird Aussie Netflix melt off okay. <laughs> in Australia. Okay. It's been on Stan for like nine months. So. It's like the it's like the the cereal that comes in a sack, but Aussie Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Like, there's a lot of weird Aussie TV drama on there, and I'm not convinced anyone's watching that. So it's basically like the B grade Netflix cutoffs that they don't want on the catalog. Okay. But you know, you still get classics like Elf. Yeah. I'm into that. I mean, I think so. Like big big things that really like work in its favor. Um. The the plot in so many ways is is batshit insane, and it requires like some of the straight main characters to completely overlook major major things. Like you you have that am I on crazy pills moment where I'm what's the name of the 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 actor like the the second lead like uh, Buddy's dad, James Khan. James Khan. Yeah. So like yeah. where he's in this world where he's like am I on crazy pills? Because like any sane person would categorically be like get this man out of my life. Like, I, I cannot tolerate this. And then his wife and, like, his son are just like, no, the strange man in the costume, he must stay. Like, <laughs> like you said, dog they found on the street, and, like, this is going to be okay. No, no, no. In any rational world, that does not play at all. Yeah. No one's predator alarm went off. <laughs> in today's day and age, <laughs> not going to happen. Also, the fact that, the timelines don't work because Will Ferrell is clearly 50 and they're trying to palm him <laughs> off as 30. <laughs> and like a romantic interest with him and like wh- how old is Zoe Deschanel at this point? Like 20? Like, yeah. like, yeah, and again, her predator alarm doesn't go off when he's no. in the bathroom singing while she's showering. Like and in some ways, it's like it, it's almost kind of weird in the reverse direction, too, because he's a child. In so many ways, but like, <laughs> so like, yeah. I don't know, like, there's some things about that where, uh, like, like they don't quite yeah. like like the whole like he's a giant man baby, but then <laughs> a cute girl in the shower, and he's like, oh, what's up? Like, <laughs> but that's not creepy. It's sweet, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Elf is a classic. I feel like, and there was another one from that era, but I think it's a bit older, which is Love Actually. That's probably another one of the last kind of iconic Christmas movies that people still watch on the reg. Unlike a certain person here in a gray hat. 
who does not like Love Actually. Hmm. I've never seen it. Hmm. You're kidding. Oh, whoa, whoa. You've never... How did you say to me all you right. don't like it all if you've never right. seen it? I've watched right. bits of it. I don't need that. All right, so... Oh, yeah, so okay, justify yourself. <sighs> Get on the stand. What's your problem? We'll discuss why I haven't got around to watching it with another movie that comes into this illustrious lineup. Okay. I don't have the time. Okay. Is this one of those things I don't where because other people... Yeah, like, <laughs> is this one of those... Like quirks of you where because other people like it, you don't like it by default. No, it's not one of those. Okay, <laughs> I can categorically say it's not one of those. <laughs> I would like to ask a question though. Uh, is Love actually one of the weirder, you know, because it's obviously that rom com chick flicky type thing, but it's also a Christmas movie. Is this the start of the whole other genre of just? Romantic comedies are set in Christmas. Yeah. Because I would have thought a lot of people actually watch Love Actually outside of the Christmas period and it sort of just weirdly overlapped perfectly and then that's a Christmas movie. But now it's like, oh, rom-coms, if you set it in Christmas, guaranteed banger. I would agree. And I mean, and I, and I also agree that like Love Actually works at other times of the year. Like in so many ways, mm. like – so all of the so all of these different plot lines are happening at once, and that's kind of one of the things that's unique about Love Actually from other Christmas movies. There's like all these other plots that in some ways intertwine, some ways don't, and it's so it's an ensemble cast type of thing. And all of the climaxes of all the different plot lines occur at Christmas. That's like the emotional high point. But you could make the film not about Christmas, and it still probably works. Um, so in that way, I can see what you mean about like, it's just kind of like a rom-com where the rom-com is the key part, but Christmas is like the setting. Whereas I think if you want to have like Christmas criteria, a true Christmas movie in a lot of ways probably needs to be about Christmas in some way. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to come against you here. You don't have time. Christmas is like the time of year where you don't work. What are you talking yeah. about? You make time. You I'm make a hard time. worker. You make time for Hugh Grant. You make time for Liam Neeson. Those are two yeah. icons in this film. And they Wait, is yeah. Liam Neeson in it? Liam Neeson yeah. is in this film, my man. And he plays like a caring, loving father. It's emotional as hell. Like I know that that guy who plays Victor in Underworld's in it. Because he play, doesn't he get naked and play guitar? He sings the Christmas Carol or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah that's the only bit that I know. He's the washed-up rocker who comes back with like a random Christmas banger and revives his career. Yeah, yeah. That's what, the what bit I know. <laughs> like, we've got also, Alan yeah. Alan Rickman as a trifling yeah. husband. Like this is potentially his biggest villain role. Like I would yeah. I would stack this up there against Snape against another film that's yeah. coming up here in a second. Alan yeah. Rick, this like this is devastating. Like this is is Alan Rickman. Is he Christmas? But he, no, he <laughs> no. he basically does one of the single greatest dog acts in cinema history. Like I I don't know if I've ever been in a room with more people like screaming no at a screen than when they realize that he's bought the ring for his secretary and not for his wife. And but his th- wife knows he bought it and was expecting oh. it when she opens the gifts, and she got CDs. CDs, CDs, and, and, and that's like Question. also the other biggest part of the crime because it's like it's almost like a Kevin – like where Kevin James and King of Queens is with a, like a female actress is just way far out of his league from any like measurable metric. That's yeah. also Alan Rickman's situation with his like, – I'm forgetting her name, but she is an absolute adorable lady. Um, uh, Emma classic, Thompson. Emma Thompson. And it, like I'm like, dude, you're cheating on Emma Thompson. You got issues. Like 
there's yeah. other things here. There's some Tiger Woods elements going on here. I have one question. Yeah. Were the CDs the Naked Dudes Christmas <laughs> Banger songs? No. That's what that, made it worse. No, they were like sad no, they emo. they missed a great opportunity. <laughs> missed that's a great it. opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> they were like a sad emo folk ladies CDs. I can't remember her name. So like Your, it just, it's, yeah, it was something like that. Like one of those things that dudes have never heard of. All right. I'll, I will accept this. Uh, it is the glaring omission that I haven't at least seen it, but if we get enough feedback slash I get backlash, I will watch it it's in entirety. It. I will make it's worth eight it. to ten burner accounts just to give you backlash. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to Kevin Durant you. I'm coming after you. Like I, I like. There's so many things about Love Actually. Like, the, like Hugh Grant's the Prime Minister, who's this is also absurd handsome Hugh Grant prime. Like he's coming off yeah. of like, you know, he's, he's rom-com darling Hugh Grant. He's still doing the, like the mumbling, like adorable guy thing, but it's like, you're ridiculously handsome. You're essentially like a Tony Blair on steroids, prime minister. And we're supposed yeah. to believe that you're like shy around the ladies. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. You'd, you'd be Bill Clinton. Stop it. Like <laughs> So the director and writer of Love Actually is Richard Curtis, who did Four Weddings and a Funeral and Notting Hill. Mm, mm. So yeah, that makes sense. He's a heavy hitter, Richard Curtis. So it's got like Hugh Grant basically plays the same character for him in multiple films yeah. and kills it. Um, all right. So now let's, let's go back to the golden era of cinema. Now, wait, when, before, before we go there, yes. I want to talk about what I'm going to describe as the honorable mentions. For the oh, okay. Movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They're not the heavy hitters yet. We'll save those. Okay. Okay. So I, for whatever reason, watch The Grinch every year. The, the Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey version. Okay. Which would be peak old now. We're talking like early DVD days. Yeah. For whatever reason, it stacks up. So Anthony okay. Hopkins is the narrator and he does it in that Dr. Seuss, you know, that linguistical way that only is a Dr. Seuss novel, which yeah, makes yeah. no sense. It's called poetic right. meter, but yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Pickles and cherries, feel the sherry. Like it's all that kind of <laughs> The movie is, it's Dr. Seuss, but it's also just Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. Yeah. It, and I would say it was like, he's like, he had a big break after like a whole bunch of like the back end of like the mask and a few other, like, not good... Like, he was still just doing his thing. And there was just, like, had a big break. And he's like, Jim Carrey can just be the Grinch. Actually, he is the Grinch. I think it's an interesting thing, because knowing what we know now about Jim Carrey and about how, like, method actor he is, that brings, like, a whole new a whole new dimension to, like, what must it have been like to film The Grinch with Jim Carrey? Yeah. <laughs> like, I like feel what sorry you said, for that little girl. He was the Grinch. <laughs> like, like, absolutely. It's just like rolling into families' houses, snatching toys, putting them in a bag. <laughs> All right. Let's, we've, we've digressed. So now it's the heavy hitter time, Cordo. I was going to give a quick honorable mention to the Santa Claus, Tim Allen. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just, I'm, I'm lumping it in the heavy hitters thing, but there's probably other people out there that don't have it on the same like pedestal. But I think I the reason I yeah. think the reason why it's peak is there's a montage where he turns into Santa, 
And yes. I just love a good montage, and it's just him getting fat, and he can't figure out why. <laughs> <laughs> like, he has like the he has like yeah. the early on like, well, these pants don't fit anymore. Like moments. Yeah. <laughs> I like the I can't remember the exact lines, but where I think it's his kid or someone has a ping at him about his weight, and he does the whole like, well, Santa's having trouble with saturated fats. <laughs> <laughs> He gets real lippy about it. It's yeah. so good. It's kind of peaked him out in a lot of ways. It really is. Yeah, that's a str- that's a strong one. That one for me would be in a list. Uh, if if I had an honorable mention, it would be like because we've kind of stayed out of older classics. Uh, the Christmas Story, which would be yeah. one that like that Christmas diehards in the U.S. would be like. If we didn't mention that, you'd be getting flack in the comments for sure. Yeah, which you can only improve one way, and that's a Muppet Christmas Story. <laughs> You've raised the stakes. Light the I mean, lamp, not the rat. When Rizzo is getting up to do the lamp, and uh, Gonzo lights him on fire. Classic. <laughs> Michael Caine, gotta love it. Yeah, Michael Caine. Yeah, that's it, mate. Your Christmas is gonna be mental. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> no, I'm all for it. We could do the rest of this in Michael Caine if you would like. Yeah. <laughs> just, just do Christopher Nolan films now. <laughs> Master Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they're the classics. AP, bring it home. What are the big, the big mothers, the so A bombs? So there is two. One of them is two films because they are. You got to lump them together. Yeah. Home Alone one, and Home Alone two. Yes. And Die Hard. Oh. Yes. Oh. If you watch those two films, or three films, uh, every Christmas, then you've won. There is nothing else you need to do. Mm-hmm. I do have many questions. I just don't know about Home Alone if it still gets made now, though. That's my biggest thing about Home Alone. What, what, yeah. what, are, your key, what are your key pillars of problematic that you think like <laughs> cause it not to get made? I feel like if, if a key plot line of a story was a kid literally being abandoned by his parents, the PC police would just be out in force. Yeah, that's fair. And I, like, there's, there's been like that obvious circulation of like, what kind of money is Mr. McAllister rolling in? Like, where is that cat working where he's just flying? Like not only his entire family, like, so in the first one, they're flying to Paris and they've got, like a John and Kate plus eight level of kids. They they're they're rolling in children, and then yeah. not only them, but then also his brother and their entire family. And he's paying for everything, and they're flying out there. They live in these like exclusive Chicago suburbs with a absolute mansion on a giant slab of property. Like this is not a middle class family, but they're portrayed as such, and they're yeah. kind of like first world problems involve them being so preoccupied with their bourgeoisie stuff that they forget a child. That's the take. That's the take. (laughs) They're such shit parents. Yeah. Like they're too worried about the new like outcoming, like, you know, what are we going to buy from the Williams and Sonoma catalog? And then they just leave poor little Kevin up in the attic. (laughs) That's where it's problematic. Child abuse, shoving your kid up in an attic for a simple misunderstanding over a pizza slice. (laughs) With the bedwetter. Yeah, that's right. Who takes that last sip of Pepsi, locks eyes with Kevin. Yeah. You know know I'm peeing on you tonight. Like, you know I'm peeing on you tonight. Is that the most passive-aggressive thing that's ever been in a movie? 
Absolutely. The mom even goes, go easy on that Pepsi. And he's just, <laughs> just slugging it. Yeah, that'd be issues. That'd be the scene where Kevin finds Buzz's girlfriend's photo, and she is a heavy set lady, and he does the whole woof and just yeah. turfs the picture. Does not fly. Does that not would fly. not fly with the the fat shaming association of whoever. Well, it, like, so in both in both films, obviously, this is this is a movie that's truly about violence and about violence yeah. being glorified for comedic effect. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself as I'm reviewing some of the trailers for these films, at what point do we move from it's not a matter of if Kevin gets tried in court because he's he's moved beyond self-defense and standing his ground. It's is he tried as a juvenile or is he tried as an adult? <laughs> <laughs> at one point, he's he's throwing bricks from a ceiling, like the terminal velocity of a brick being hurled from his like from like a third floor and caught in the head. That's a dead man, like that, or at yeah. least severe brain damage. There's, There's multiple like kill shots in that movie <laughs> that are brushed off in a very casual way. The it iron is... down the chute in the second one where he gets an iron flush <laughs> on the dome. There's a there's a weird thing with Home Alone one and two, which is that uh, I would say obscure things that I would say might lead to very minor minor injuries, uh, incredible injuries, and things that would genuinely kill someone. <laughs> Uh, mere but a scratch. Like you are you, correct. The iron to the face. You dead. Yeah. You are dead. Yeah. That's that it. There's no like all the way oh, through a laundry friggin Look at this mark. No, that's it. Yeah. It, like these are just casually like passed off. Like if you just slightly change the perspective of the film, this is a movie about human perseverance of the robbers. <laughs> And you could yeah, even man. cast them in a Robin Hood role. You could tie this back in. Like they're just taken from the rich. Like this is <laughs> this is a this is an Occupy McAllister's like storyline, really. <laughs> and then Kevin, the spoiled rich kid, is just slinging bricks at him. All these guys want a warm place to get some food, maybe steal a couple things. Bang on. The, that is the, the take. The scene when he, <laughs> I just remembered when he's like electrocuting the sink. And Daniel Stern grabs the sink and shakes, and then you see his skull. You know, the classic, like, <laughs> I'm so electrocuted. My skull is now visible, not my skin. And he just falls backwards, gets back up. All good. Um, and, yeah, you're right. The turfing bricks off the top of the house. Oh, no, yeah, the big house in New York. Yeah. He's just straight Brett Favre piping those babies into that guy's face. And then we've got Die Hard, which is effectively more violent uh, with Christmas in the background. So Die Hard is is our go-to. We watch that uh, categorically uh, on Christmas or Christmas Eve, one of the two. It doesn't matter which one, it's one of them. Mm. And I think we've moved into a space where, like, for, for a few years, like, everybody got their jollies off of having, like, the is it a Christmas movie debate where like we've moved beyond that it is a christmas film like it takes place at christmas christmas is a key factor in the storyline like i don't think we have to discuss that it's that mm. i think it's about christmas in an undercurrent way that has to do with geopolitics that i think <laughs> might be unknown to your general population but maybe we'll see um here here's my here's my stance on it <laughs> so, so we've got john McClane, 
all-American badass Bruce Willis in prime Bruce yeah. Willis, prime Bruce Willis, yippee yippee kaye motherfucker Bruce Willis, and who is the bad guy? Hans Gruber, who could not be a more wildly just like stereotypical caricature German guy, right? So, which is funny because he's played by an Englishman, Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I was thinking about this movie the other day. Now, living in Germany, and I've I've found out like how entrenched Christmas is in German culture, and how most of the way that the West celebrates Christmas is borrowed from German Christmas traditions. Christmas mm. tree, Christmas lights, Advent Sundays, Advent calendars, uh, Sankt Nikolaus. Is a, that's a German man right there. And so I actually think this movie is about the immortal soul of Christmas and who owns it. <laughs> the commercialized West featuring cowboy Yippie Kaye, John McClane, and Hans Gruber. Yeah, you see where I'm going here? And this is an American Hollywood movie. So what do we do? We toss that Euro man off of the top of a skyscraper that we built with our American brawn. Christmas is an American holiday. Yeah. So it's a it's a symbolic thieving of Christmas. Colonized, you might say. <laughs> it's a hot. Time. I love That's that. What Die Hard's about. Yeah. For us, like in Australia, we have a clothing company, Bonds, and Bonds became famous for making the white tight singlet, the chesty Bonds singlet. <laughs> it's also known as a terrible a wife beater <laughs> in Australia. Also and I think, <laughs> yeah, I think we love that movie because everybody loves a guy who's not quite in shape, whose hair is not quite good, being in a tight, white, dirty singlet, like doling out justice. I, I, I might have went to a Christmas party as John McClane. I think you have to. <laughs> did you go barefoot, bare feet? So I did not dive in on bare feet because at, at my core, I am a baby. And it's cold, and so no bare feet. But but I did I did get the ketchup out, get some blood stains, and ripped up my ripped up my singlet, and uh, had some soot on my face. Went outside, grabbed some dirt, like really just kind of you know went for it. Had a little Nerf gun the whole bit. Um, but yeah, I so that- I've I've been on this I've been on this like this uh, Die Hard is Christmas. I've been on this take for a minute. Mm. Before Let's it was hang on a minute, you could say. Was that that party I saw online years ago where a, a German backpacker came to a party unannounced and was thrown, <laughs> promptly thrown off a building <laughs> for no reason by a man <laughs> who looked like John McClane? That would stack up in court. There's, I feel like that would stack up in court. There's no connection. Um, <laughs> did I any involvement? <laughs> Does Die Hard also work because out of all the action movies, aside from the awesomeness that is, it's linked to Christmas – that 98% of all males think that if push comes to shove, they could have also been Bruce Willis and John McClane in that movie. Like, yeah. give or take, like, he does some pretty good things. Like, he's, he's you know, weapon-like shot. Like, he does, you know, he's got no bullets. He pulls it off. But objectively, it's like, I could do that. I could make that happen. Whereas, yeah. you know, before then, it was like Arnie and stuff. It's like, well, I'm not. It's just not happening. I don't have those kind of pipes. I'm not going to spend four years getting them just so I could, you know, do that cool ass handshake that he does in Predator. Mm. Yeah, you're right. He's an everyman hero. 
I think there's, there's stay with me here. I think you could you could see a universe where Kevin McAllister following up on his trauma from being assaulted by by the two burglars twice goes into witness protection <laughs> changes his name <laughs> something that rhymes with I don't know John McTrain <laughs> grows up becomes a cop and it's just him and Die Hard. They think about the parallels, booby yeah. traps, violence, yeah. yeah, a lot of horror happening to bare feet. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute horror happening to bare feet. And a lot of, of mocking, a lot of mocking for the sake of it. Delivering yeah. of the one liner post to to a dead person. There's no one there to appreciate it but yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, and... there's a lot of. There is a lot of self-talking in, in both films because, I mean, yeah. Bruce effectively self-narrates. Kevin, yeah. he self-narrates. Yeah. This is it. Don't get scared now. <laughs> but and... we, we also have the benefit of Die Hard giving us the stereotypical um, hacker in the crew oh, with, yeah. uh, with Tr- Trevette from uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. That's I mean... right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, one other thing. I mean... <laughs> One other thing, too, it would explain John McClane's desperation to get home to his kids on Christmas. Much like in the first movie, Kevin is hell-bent on the family getting back to him for Christmas. And while he's at it, stealing a piece of German culture for himself and his nation. (laughs) (laughs) The same way he steals macaroni and cheese on Christmas Eve before the robbers come. It's just and a, what a, oh, I was a glass of milk, but yeah, he was encroaching on Italian culture in that one. <laughs> All right, boys, I think that's uh, that, what more can we say? At the end of the day, you want a great Christmas movie, we need everyday people and violence. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if I don't hear a boat snap, it's not Christmas. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And if I don't see someone get shot 19 times, but merely just take the bullets out and carry on to the next uh, <laughs> encounter. It's not Christmas. It's not Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to John Candy, who iconic character in Home Alone and jokes about leaving his son at a funeral home <laughs> with a dead grandparent and then laughs about his son not being able to talk for six to 12 weeks after the incident took place. Uh, all right, boys, that's episode one done in the can. All time iconic Christmas movies. Folks, if you're listening to this for the first time, keep an eye out every day. We're coming to you with Christmas Podmas uh, specials. If you haven't listened to all of them, get around them. If you listen to this first, we expect you to come back eagerly tomorrow. Sidelines.com.au, at the Sidelines Media. Jonah, thanks, mate. Always, thank you. Thank you. And thank you to the listeners. We expect we expect loyal listening for all of partners. <laughs> and AP, unlike Love Actually, thank you for taking the time to invest your time in this podcast. Always, except for that. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Watch folks. It.